Hi, and welcome. It's Patrick Donahoe. I'm really excited about today's episode and couldn't be happier to have you here with us. Today, we have two incredible guests, Gary Pinkerton, one of our wealth strategists at Paradigm Life, and Aaron Chapman, a Paradigm Life client and longtime finance veteran. We often get asked the question, how can I get my children involved in family finance practices? Well, Gary and Aaron are true experts in this arena and have mastered family adoption of the Perpetual Wealth Strategy, which each member of their respective families actively participating in family finances. So they're going to share their own stories with you today, along with specific tips and advice for mastering your own family's adoption of this strategy. So let's get started. Welcome to the Perpetual Wealth Strategy Podcast. Patrick, thank you for inviting me to co-host this episode and the opportunity to talk a few minutes with a very, very close friend of mine uh, and client, I'm proud to say, uh, Mr. Aaron Chapman. Aaron, say hi. Hey, folks. Hey, Gary. Thanks for letting me on. Patrick, as well, introducing us and letting us be participating. This is, this is a really cool opportunity, and I am very, very happy part of it. Thank you. So Aaron is one of my most favorite people on the planet. Um, that's probably because Aaron and I are so incredibly passionate about the same things and very much aligned in, in our thought process. Um, and, you know, our topic today is one of those examples, life insurance for family members. And it's one of those protected wealth strategies, um, that, you know, that families just don't talk enough about. And yet it's so vital to the legacy that I think all of us want to pay for. And that word legacy is kind of charged with all kinds of messed up um, meanings. So, Aaron, you've, you're writing an amazing book, not going to be part of this conversation, really. But in that book, uh, you allowed me to, to take a look at it. What is the main thing that people mess up when they when the word legacy is thrown around? Like, what are they thinking? Well, when I looked up legacy, because I get I hear that a lot. I travel a thought. I mean, a lot of, uh, you know, think tanks, a lot of business meetings. People talk about this legacy. And when you look up the definition, the first thing that you find is monetary. And it's really frustrating that. You know, when you think about the globe and all the people who have been on it and what was left behind when they exited this life, the majority of the people on this that left never left the legacy by definition then. You know, and I think one of the other you know, things, what you brought up, is people fail to even talk about legacy. And I think the reason they don't even talk about it, they don't even get into the discussion about it, because they don't know where to start. And they are, they are I, I would, I believe, basically already taken apart by the fact that they don't believe they're going to leave anything for their family anyway. So why even get into the conversation? They've already been, been had the legs cut off just by the definition alone. Yeah. And they did. And that's awesome. And they've discounted what's really legacy. It's not the dollars. And we'll get into We'll certainly get into that here in a moment. And so this is a strategy, this, you know, incorporating life insurance, incorporating family education and things like that uh, into their family and bringing in trusts and things. That's something that's commonly used uh, in, in the wealthy in America has been across the globe for generations, for, for centuries. And it's, it's commonly used today in a family office environment. So you have those ultra wealthy that have always done it for generations. And then you have this concept of family office. And maybe some of the listeners aren't familiar really with what a family office is, but it's just a, a private wealth management system that either focuses, it's a team, a team of trusted advisors that either, either work directly for one very large family, you know, think the Rockefellers, 
or uh, they work for several families, but they only work for people who have this higher net worth and can afford to bring in you know, counselors about all things financial in their life. So it's very common there. It's not common for the middle class, uh, for, for the common man out there. It's just as important for them, uh, but it's not used there. And it's my belief that it can be, and I absolutely know it's Aaron's belief that it can be. Any, any thoughts on that? Uh, agreed. I think that's been made too too complicated to get the common man to believe that it's possible. Yeah. And the further I go into it, so I had the idea of how I want to implement these things. You know, with all the, the travel that I do and all the people I've listened to and the things I thought, how am I going to pass this on to my children? How am I going to make them responsible for it? There's one thing this world is good at is not taking responsibility for anything. So in that thought process, I started digging into it and I thought, oh, Okay, I'm writing this out. This is how this is going to go. And I'm, I'm laying out all the details of it. And then as I start talking to my attorney and talking to other people, you can't do that. You can't do it that way because the rules read a different way. So I'm having to change it and change it and change it. And I even have changes done up until the last two days um, because there's, it's become so complicated and so cumbersome. You can't just hand somebody something and say, this is what you do with it anymore. You know, there there's other people involved that, I can make claim on that, even though they were nowhere around you. So you gotta, it's, it's interesting how we have built a system and a society that protecting what's yours is, is, is very complicated. Yeah, absolutely. Good points again. So, you know, given the economic trends that are out there, given the debt that we're passing forward to our children, given the fact that the education system has made it almost, uh, you know, almost uh, as bad as talking about religion right? you know, and, and nowadays to talk about finance. I don't know why that is. There's a lot of conspiracy theories out there about why it is. Maybe they're all true. Bottom line is, though, is that if we don't personally get involved um, with our family unit, then our kids are not going to know anything about personal finance beyond how to you know, complete their checkbook and what credit cards to get you know, the, as the best ones. And it has been known throughout history. It's been studied and studied and studied by people like Napoleon Hill and beyond that there are two major destroyers of multi-generational wealth throughout history. And those are taxes and our future generations, meaning that we, we create uh, a future generation without financial IQ and don't pass that along. And that, again, is what Aaron and his family are so passionate about. And so the solution to that is just, you know, it is legacy, but legacy means, as we said, more than the dollars. The dollars can both be a gift and grace and tools to do something great with, but they can also be a weapon if you put them in the hands of somebody who doesn't understand. And there's plenty of people in Hollywood that we can point to as examples of that. And so you got to pass that experience, your experiences, your sense of accountability, education. Um, and so... I don't want to steal all this with my thoughts. Um, Aaron, I'd love for you to give a little bit about your background and talk about how you're applying this in your life. So, um, well, one, the, the weapon thing you just said, I don't want to lose that thought. Um, we, you, you, when you put that type of power and those, those resources into the wrong hand, what's interesting is the weapon actually gets used on the individual incorrectly. You know, instead of a weapon to, 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 to the masses and against the masses, it's against themselves. They don't realize this, but the more they have that's uneducated, they're actually taking, they're, they're killing themselves uh, with that. So it's really kind of interesting how you put that as a weapon. Uh, my background, um, you know, I started out you know, did in a, in a blue-collar family. 
we had a cattle ranch in uh, Utah when I was a, in uh, in high school. From there, I went to the oil fields of Wyoming to running heavy equipment to you know working in the mines, driving truck, and all these things. And I stumbled my way, and that's a whole other story that would take a lot of time. Completely broke. Found myself walking a parking lot looking for change just to get enough gas to get home one day, and stumbled into a guy who introduced me to my industry 22 years ago. I think it was 1997. Well, since then, I've been involved with working with real estate investors pretty exclusively. Uh, right now, ranked in the top 20, uh, actually top 1% of my industry, the top 20 in the industry for transactions closed, and it's all focusing on real estate investment. And with that focus, I was able to start developing some thought process for my own family. And we started talking about the legacy and the education and all these things. I started discovering that my ability to create, to educate myself about these concepts about real estate investment on the life insurance piece, on building wealth and trust and handing that off, became more at least attainable for me when I was doing it for the benefit of somebody else other than myself. So how we advise our children is much better than how we advise ourselves. You can think about all the decisions we've made in life, the very stupid ones. How would we advise our children in that same scenario? Probably differently. Because yeah. we have talked ourselves into some dumb, dumb decisions. But if my kid came to me at the exact same scenario, I guarantee I would advise him differently. So now what I'm going about this as is how would I advise my children to handle a, a large sum of wealth? So with that, I'm having to live by my own advice. And in doing that is how I started developing this thought process. And um, you know, thanks to you and on our relationship that started with you as a client, that created this foundation of wealth for us, utilizing the infinite banking strategy. And and so it uh, you know so you have kind of the tools in place. And like me, uh, you you've you've always wanted to figure out how do I make sure that my experiences, my knowledge, um, what I've learned, actually gets passed to the kids. And for me, it's about you know. It, it, now, here's the challenge: is that most people we work with are business owners. They're successful. Maybe they're W two employees. Um, and they're just super successful at what they're doing. We're all type A people. We're working super hard and we think we're working for our family. You have a great story about how, you know, you went to mastermind after mastermind after business meetings, you know, over the last few years to get in front of people that, that you can introduce concepts to and partner with. And they're all, you know, giving pictures of their family, which is sitting next to you in your house there, which is an awesome picture, but it's in your house where you're sitting because you're able to spend some time with your kids. Uh, but they, they always say like, this is my why, but we forget that doing all that stuff comes at a cost and that price is that we're not in the room with our families. And so you do some very special stuff in your house now with your kids. And, that, and there's a reason, and we got time to talk about this, I think, Aaron. There's a reason. There was a, one of those moments uh, where you realized, uh, I, I need to spend some time with my kids. And I had these conversations with them. Share that with the audience. So the, as you alluded to, I find myself in all these think tanks and everybody has an opportunity to do a presentation and every single one of those presentations and those PowerPoints that I talk about, here's my why and it's a picture of their family. And I wonder, when I got to the point of creating my own PowerPoint, I put the picture of my family, but I wouldn't say that was my why because I couldn't honestly say that was the case. My why for being there, my why for getting up and going to the office every day was not for my family, it was for to build my business, build my program and become the most well-known person in my industry. Um, that's what I was after. My family was my family. And so I could not, I could not um, duplicate what they were saying. And I started finding that I was leaving a legacy 
legacy with my family. And the legacy that I was leaving was, where's dad going now? Yeah. So I've made some adaptations. I'm no longer part of many of those things because I was out. Every, every third month, I'd be out for three weeks, bouncing all over the country, trying to interact with all these business leaders. And I started to find that, um, you know, with that legacy being left of where's dad, I needed to change it to, I wanted a legacy being left of, hey, dad, where are we going now? And that means I'm trying to bring my kids with me. And in bringing my kids with me, they have to understand what this is all about. They have to understand what, what information I have. I can't just put them in a room like that and have them sit there and try and listen to all these people drone on about business because it gets old really quickly if you don't have a stake in it. And they don't. Yeah. But what I can share with them is how we're going to go about their future. So what I started doing is introducing them to the thought processes of what their future might be by introducing them to what it looks like for me and my wife Rizzo to not be here anymore. I used a story um, where a man was on a flight. He and his wife were going to on a business trip. He was feeling, um, you know, some chest pain, shortness of breath, things like that. Um, as he's on that first leg of the, of the journey at his layover, they left the hospital. I mean, excuse me, left the airport and went to a hospital to get checked out. They gave him a clean bill of health, sent him along his way on the next leg of his journey on the next flight. The uh, captain comes over to the intercom, asks him to identify himself. He hits the flight attendant call button. They come and talk to him saying, we're about ready to land. We're going to hold the entire plane on. We're going to escort you off. There is an ambulance waiting for you. So when he was escorted off, he got to the ambulance, was taken to the hospital. Two surgeons waiting for him, explained he was misdiagnosed, had a pulmonary embolism, and they needed to operate. The next thing they asked, or at least suggested, was if there's anything left, if there's anything else in life you need to consider, now is the time. So I told my children that same story. I asked them, what would you do if mom and I were gone on a trip and we were faced with a situation where we didn't come back? And my children all looked at me saying, we don't know. So it really is boiled down to they, they then realized they don't know what they don't know. So we started from the beginning. We opened up everything. Here's our assets. Here's our income. Here's our debts. Here's the things that we own and start structuring it all out. The only thing that was kind of negative about that was, you know, when I showed them income, they turned and looked at me almost in unison, like, well, then why do we live here, Dad? Well, I had to explain to them that I am not going to give them a different life than I had growing up. <laughs> you don't want to deprive they them They needed of that. to under... <laughs> Exactly. I wanted them to learn what it is to get up every day and, and have, to, have to work for things. I Absolutely. think that they were surprised with the kind of income we make. Yeah. So we don't throw it around at all. And yeah. So what we then incorporated or developed a system where now the children all get together once a month. They have to meet certain criteria. One, they have to serve on what we call a board, family board. They have to look at all our, um, our investment opportunities. We discuss them together, and then we vote on them together. And if there's a single descending vote, we go back to the discussion about it. And if we can't get away from the sending vote, we don't do the investment. So I found with humans that if there is a descent and things don't work out, that person now have I told you so. If it does work out, then the other four or five people have I told you so. We can't have it. I can't have descent within the, within the group. I can't have them at each other. But what's also interesting is in a failure scenario, on either side, you know, the investment is successful and the one who voted against it uh, was, you know, is the one that ever gets to say, I told you so. They're going to defend their position. They're not going to learn what they didn't, what they didn't uh, 
considered before. On the opposite side, if it fails and that person's like, hey, I told you guys you shouldn't have done that, but you did anyway and you wasted our money, well, then the other ones have to defend their position as to yeah. why they thought it was a good investment. Nobody learns from it. I'm trying to take that away from it too. Well, now I'm having to make adaptations on how they're going to contribute because there is a requirement that they must at least save 10% of their income and invest it. Now, they can invest with the trust. They can't put into you know, our assets and our trust because that commingling puts things at risk. So what there's going to be is we're going to have to reconcile their saving their own funds, creating their own method of, of growth, and then they can couple it with us, you know, with my wife and I's trust as partners in investment. So we're working on that too. Ultimately, I want there to be responsibility on their part to save, forethought, and what's going, what they're planning to do with their lives, and also know that there's a massive, massive power goal at the end of the rainbow. Because when my wife and I passed, not only do we have what we what we saved and we did not, and what we invested, what we created, and the foundation of our business, but they also have the death benefit. Yeah. And yeah. if they continue to 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 grow their ten percent or more, and they can also do the same thing with their family, it can be multi generational, then they have access to that. If they don't, then they're getting rid of, written out of the will. They're not going to have the monetary side they'll get you know the stuff i have the cars and the other things like that but they're not going to get uh the, the the family business um assets if you will so if you just think about you know what you've put in place there uh and it's still a work in progress but i mean it's going to happen soon uh you know what you've put in place compared to what the average family is struggling with and uh, you know, so you've got people who understand to save you have you're having a conversation with your children and maybe even bringing them with you on trips uh, about finances, about what you're doing in your life. And and you're incorporating something that's protecting from the other major stealer of wealth we talked about, which is taxes, right? So you're using life insurance as that vehicle to store, maybe even where they store all their cash. But at the moment, like me, you've got policies on all family members and you're contributing dollars to it in some manner. And, and my kids contribute their dollars that, uh, that they earn by working for me in my business. Um, and we put that into their life insurance. So just as a little snippet, just as a little teaser, think about this in your own family. You know, the 2018 tax law allows us to take $12,400 in 19, I think it is, and it goes up every year, uh, to give to our children. Um, excuse me, that our children can earn <laughs> and they can earn that money without paying taxes <laughs> on it, right? But I would have paid the highest tax rates right now to earn that money. But instead, I've taught my children about work ethic. I've taught them about you know, you know all things job. Um, they've also earned money that's theirs. And we took it as tax-free money coming into our family and kept the tax-free in, in the life insurance. So that's one of the things about how I'm doing it. And same thing Aaron's doing in his family. So you're, you're teaching how to save. You're teaching work ethic. You're teaching ideas about business, about having a job. Um, you know, there's some fantastic aspects of this. Now, how do you get this started in your own family? I mean, if you are far from this, a lot of the people who are listening right now, they're far from this. Like their kids, um, they're, they're trying to figure out how to get the kids off of Xbox. I've been there. Or how to get them to do their homework, right? How do we get them to sit down in the living room? And this isn't the Brady Bunch after all, right? We don't just have this culture where we all show up at the couch at, on Sunday afternoons and or when somebody yells. Um, that would be pretty awesome. So there's steps to get there. And we have a fantastic program at Paradigm Life talking about this family um, meetings and family, you know, creating this culture and this legacy in your family and, um, you know, your core values and how to have those conversations. We have this like this series, which is pretty awesome. Uh, and it's, it's, you know, miniature step level kind of stuff. 
So talk about maybe just an investment. What would that look like with your family going through an investment? So when we do is we, you know, of course, we sit down and um, we discuss what I know about it. You know, if it's real estate, you're going to get a pro forma. We're going to look at the market. We're going to try and understand things about that preliminarily. Then I start a Zoom call like what we're doing here. And I will have whoever's offering that opportunity join us on a Zoom call. And my family will have an opportunity. Each, child, each member of the family has an opportunity to ask questions mm-hmm. and get directly from that person what, what, the, uh, what the investment is about. So they can garner for themselves whether or not they feel confidence in it. And I believe it's an absolute necessity. And you've been a subject of one of our Zoom calls before. Yeah. It's a necessity for my kids to see within the eyes of the individual who's offering this and determine for themselves who, what they believe about the person. It's not so much to me about the investment that, as it is about the individual. Very often people ask me, well, how is this working out? Or how is the investments over with this group? And how is it really with, with uh, uh, Gary and this paradigm outfit? Like, well, I can't speak to what your experience will be monetarily because every person is different. But I can speak to the person. I know the man. And because of that individual, I know that you're in good hands. That person is not the type that has any guile. He's not, he's not out to take from you to benefit him. He's out to give to you that benefits all. And that's a big difference in business. So I'm hoping to also educate them on how to discern between people. And who's a predator and who is not? Because we as humans, we're the apex predator, but we have one. But we're prey to one. We are prey to each other. And if you have another predator, you got to understand if they are going to be preying upon you, and you have to get away from them. You know, I, I'm trying to educate them on that as well, and that's kind of tough because that means I'm gonna have to bring a predator in at some point <laughs> so they can see what it looks like, to see what it acts like. And they're not there yet. I'm not there to be able to bring that guy in, but I have a few of them out there I, I know of that they would be very, very interested to start taking, you know, and the one thing I want people to understand is, you know, one, my kids will understand how to ask questions, adult style questions about business. The individual who I'm working with will understand how to answer questions from a child and be able to communicate on a level that they can communicate. And the other thing I want to convey is there is a special place in hell for anybody who lies to kids and tries to take from them. Right. Um, so those are the things that I believe is, um, is important that my kids get the other is building relationships with people that they can rely on when I'm not here. One of the things I didn't bring up is I gave them, my children, the uh, three phone numbers. One is my attorney, Michael Sheridan. One is Mr. Gary Pinkerton. And one is a buddy of mine by the name of Corey Boatwright, who is a, a real estate entrepreneur. I gave them those three numbers for them to take down that if something happens and if we are not coming back, that those are the three people they call. They don't, they don't call granny. They don't call grand. They don't call their cousins, they don't call their friends, they call those three numbers first and set in motion the individuals that are going to gather around them, protect them from those predators who are going to come after them while they grieve and prepare to communicate with family. That's awesome. I'll tell you, I've been, I've been with you uh, when you've presented this concept to, to groups out there and it's just, it's amazing. I mean, it tugs, it tugs at our heart because we all know that we've got some blind spots here in our family and I, you know, it, it makes me uh, blush and, and pause when, when you talk about it, every time I hear it. So it's an important topic. And I really, gosh, I really appreciate sharing that with me and joining me on this one. We're almost to the end. Um, but I wanted to, I wanted to reflect that uh, when I did that, that uh, Zoom with you, it was a bit of an uncomfortable moment that evening. But it's, I'm, I'm sharing this funny <laughs> story because it, uh, it, show, it shows the power of what you're doing. Um, so it's, you know, late in the evening, my time on the East Coast here, and uh, and Aaron's 10-year-old daughter texts me a question 
about uh, about their life insurance policies. And, um, and and so the next morning I was reflecting on that and I said, hey, Aaron, uh, your, your daughter texted me this question. I thought it was really cute. But the you know, what I wanted to make sure was that that Rizzo didn't, you know, you know, be going through the text and like, what is this you know, weirdo <laughs> texting back to my daughter? <laughs> so it, it was kind of funny. Um, so I thought I would just share a couple other ideas that I that I've used in, in my family. So my sons, um, Jake and Ryan, both have life insurance policies. They both work for me in my business. They have for a few years. Um, they've also put their money from other you know jobs that they're now getting. Uh, they use that money for uh, the, the life insurance policies for investments and uh, for college. So my oldest is now in college and he's using it to help fund things for college. Um, and, and an example of investment. So about four years ago, uh, I was already heavily into real estate and very excited about it. My, my oldest son was too. He's kind of an entrepreneur at heart. Uh, and, and he said, Dad, would you help me invest in stocks? And I said, sure, Jake, I would, I would love to. But I'm curious, why did you choose that as what you want to go after? And he says, well, I want to do real estate, but I can't afford real estate, right? I'm going to do what you do. And so I helped him figure out how to do that. Um, and he bought a little coffee parcel in Panama. I've got all kinds of ulterior motives here and he knows them. So I'm not like, you know, hiding any of this. <laughs> but what I want to do is I want to have this one-on-one -on -one -on -one trip with my son. And I want my children to start to see what life outside of this very, very privileged place that we live in in America is. Even the poorest in America does not understand what's out there in the rest of the world. Uh, and he's also going to see the, the concepts of like long-term growth and, and delayed gratification. These trees are going to take three years before he starts getting cash flow from them. And, uh, you know, I just want him to be able to tell his, his friends and get interest in, in other kids. Man, I, I own something in Panama. Don't you own land in Panama, Jake? Like, what's the deal with that? So, uh, you know, that's, that's a great example and opportunity. Um, having them buy their bicycle, their car, um, you know, their Xbox, whatever it is, buy something and then go through the conversations about how, well, I'm, I borrowed against my life insurance policy to do that, my own personal bank, and now I got to pay it back. And there's this thing about opportunity costs that mom and dad keep talking about. I mean, there's all kinds of lessons there. There's ownership. I have a buddy who who's uh, had his son buy his first big boy bike when he was done with the training wheels. And the old bike used to get ran over and sit out in the rain and is always in the way in the garage. The new bike's not because he's got to use his errand money and all of his uh, his chores to pay for the darn thing. So uh, there's, yeah, there's there's some uh, nervous moments where they say, hey, dad, what happened to the money grandma gave me for Christmas? I'm like, ah, oh, it's in your bank. Can I have it? Uh, no, we don't do it that way. <laughs> you know, so it's, you know. <laughs> well, and one of the things that we're doing, because um, I'm going to get with you about each one of my children have to pick up their own life insurance policy. Yeah. You know, we have a policy on each member of the family, but that's owned by us, right? Um, and that goes to, to, to the develop of the real estate for the trust. But they're going to have to get their own. And then, you know, kind of like what Jake was doing, and he was putting aside the money we wanted to get into the real estate, the goal going forward that we, we have been considering lately is for them to take front to be able to borrow from their life insurance policy and be able to buy into the real estate alongside us yeah. as a partner, mm. as a, as having a, a small stake in it. And then they will always have that stake in that. So whatever that cash flow is, that percentage goes back to them. Uh, when it sells, they get their percentage. So that way it's not a matter of they're funneling the money into us to grow this one side. It grows both sides and they're a partner in it. Yeah. So then, of course, their decision-making skills is enhanced because they're they're at risk, you know, because they're, they're in it too. So, you know, we're working on incorporating some form of separating that out so they can start their own policies. They're separate of the policies already have on them. They're not the beneficiary of the death benefit, of course. How can they be? Nor is their, their significant or their children going to be. It's going to be the trust. But 
they start there and then they can couple with this in, in partnerships, I think there's some great opportunity down the road where they can get into real estate earlier because they're you know, participating with us and they can get more excited about it and not be stifled by, man, I don't have the capital. Well, even if you have a 500 bucks, you can put it in there, right? But you get a really, really small sliver of the ownership, but you still have a sliver of ownership. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Aaron, we're, we've gone long as you and I always do because there's so much passion here. Um, is there something that you think we didn't talk about in this amazing, very important family concept um, about multi-generational? Well, the, the thing I think that we've, we haven't covered is just get started with something. Yeah. Find somebody to talk to about it um, and start, start figuring out how do you talk to your kid. Mine was sharing that story. Um, you know, then you know, start educating yourself. That's it. I mean, the bottom line is educate yourself. Talk to good people that are trying to incorporate this in his own life. Be cautious of people who are looking to try and take from you so they can just build up their own wealth. Now, we can share that whole – I don't have time to share analogies anymore, but just get started. There is there, You can't get anywhere if you lay in the exact same spot all the time. Yeah, that's awesome. Folks, uh, one of my dearest friends, and uh, you know, there's a reason why the man has that hat on. There's a reason. There's stories behind everything you see in this picture, and they're awesome stories. And uh, Aaron will give you an opportunity to uh, figure it out. But let me just promo a little bit. Go to AaronBChapman.com and you'll figure out a lot of those stories. There's some awesome books coming out from this guy on these topics uh, and many more important lessons learned. So, my friend, thank you for joining me. Thank you, man. I appreciate you, brother. Patrick, over to you. Thank you, Gary and Aaron. You guys are uh, amazing. It's such a, it was such a great episode. And thanks to you all for, uh, for joining us. So be sure to visit the Perpetual Wealth Strategy podcast page on ParadigmLife.net for all of this episode's content, as well as the additional assets we have for you that you can use to start talking with your family about this strategy. So join us next time as we talk about how to prepare for another critical point of communication as you move forward with the Perpetual Wealth Strategy. John Stewart, a deeply experienced entrepreneur and one of our wealth strategists, will be joining us to share his experiences and insights on how you can best discuss the Perpetual Wealth Strategy with your CFO, your CPA, or other financial professionals in your life. Whether you're a business owner yourself, uh, have a small personal finance team, uh, or a large team of specialized advisors, this will be an episode you don't want to miss. Thank you for listening to the Perpetual Wealth Strategy Podcast. Be sure to visit the show's official page at paradigmlife.net for appropriate disclaimers and terms of service. Guest opinions are their own. If you require specific investing, financial, legal, tax, or any other specialized advice, please consult an appropriate professional or a wealth strategist at Paradigm Life. We welcome and appreciate reviews of the show. Head on over to iTunes or Stitcher to leave your review today. And don't forget to subscribe to the show to get access to every new episode and its exclusive content. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time.